Hello and welcome to another episode of Speed Mentorship. My name is Matt Mackler, your host. Here on Speed Mentorship, our goal is to help you be the very best leader that you can be. We're going to do that by interviewing top-notch leaders who are world-class at what they do. We're going to peer into their mind to see what makes them unique and successful. We love asking fun, challenging questions to some of these folks because you never know where the conversation is going to lead, and you never know what piece of information you're going to be able to uniquely apply to improving it better. Today's guest is Doug Lange. Really, really excited for you guys to listen to him today. Um, and one of the things I love most about this guy is he just oozes authenticity. And um, he's definitely an extrovert, um, d- uh, dynamic leader. And uh, I'm just super pumped for you guys to have uh, the opportunity to listen to him. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. I'm joined here with uh, Doug Lange. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. It's all good to be here. Beautiful. Well, first question today is just a little bit about your background and a little bit about uh, North Star. Ah, very good. Yeah. So I'm a farm kid from the Midwest and uh, grew up in a great big family and eventually joined uh, what at the time I joined Cargill when I was out of college and they owned a steel business and eventually found my way to Northwest Ohio and North Star. I was a finance background originally and um once at north star uh found out it's just a great business with a great business model helped kind of bring it not quite from the ground up but very close and north star is a flat rolled steel producer we make a couple million tons and are expanding to three million tons just three million tons. just three million tons yeah uh in the steel business that's uh, a big mill but it's not big in the world of steel the world just, steel production is just crazy billions to of tons so yeah yeah it's uh, steel's a very vital commodity to any uh economy and uh, if you want to do anything for any at any scale you need steel so it's a pretty cool business we recycle it uh, start with scrap and as our raw material mostly and uh so we're a great big recycler uh, and we employ about 500 people, all over 500 people with our expansion. They We've hired uh, north of 100 of them in the last year to Ooh. get to a level where we can turn it on. And, and we're in the process of turning it on right now. So Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So somebody in your position and your role, what is the, you know, what does the day-to-day look like for you? What are some of the stuff that you're specifically doing? Yeah, good question. Uh, For me, our workforce is very engaged, and they want to know what's going on, and we want them to know what's going on. We're not like, okay, we'll keep, you know, the information about how the company's doing in a box somewhere. We are very much about sharing how we're doing, how what they do affects our business. So I spend a lot of time walking through the factory, walking through the business. Um, I spend a lot of time with customers to make sure what is it that they want, what are we doing that's right, what are we doing that's a problem for them. And I always find it interesting. If you ask them, they will tell you. <laughs> Both the employees and the customers will point blank tell you what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. And uh, I'm uh, in the later stage of my career, and the younger generation thinks about the world differently. You know, I have kids, and you know, I ask them how they think about it. Completely different than the way I thought about it, right? Yeah. Not, not wrong, just different. Right. And so I think that helps me kind of stay in tune with what's going on in the 
not just in our business, but in business in general. So, mm. so I spent a lot of time with, with our employees and a lot of time with our customers. That's you know. good. That's good. So you, you think a, a big part of your, um, your job kind of as the, the top, the top guy there is to keep a good pulse on, you know, what's best for the customers, but also what's best for the employees. How would you, um, you know, how would you describe, you know, the culture of the workforce? Mm, at, good question. Because, you know, culture, in my mind, is it's either your biggest asset or your biggest problem, mm -hmm. right? At Northstar, it's definitely our biggest asset, and we mm -hmm. want to keep it that way, right? Yeah. So we take a view that when we hire a person and we hire we have a very specific kind of, I'll say, um, detailed hiring process, and we are looking for people that want to be engaged, want to be a part of a team, want to be part of a business where their say matters. Mm. And that's exactly how we interview and that's exactly how we treat people. Uh, and I, I think, you know, in my mind, that's the key is to get the most out of the, the business. You have to get the most out of the workforce and to get the most out of the workforce, people have to feel valued. And that's sounds simple but it's really not that simple to make sure that people feel like what they do matters to the business and you have to give them enough autonomy that they can make decisions on their own because no matter what it is whatever piece of equipment you guys are in the garage door business we're in the steel business i don't know how to make steel mm -hmm. anywhere near as good as the people that are out there doing it every day and so i'm not going to go be so i'm there to help not to tell mm -hmm. them how to do it and I think that's really the big key is, is like the, and today's, maybe it's always been that way, but people want to feel empowered to do what, what's right for the business. Yeah. yeah. As far as things on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week basis, when it comes to, uh, you know, habits that make you successful, hmm. you know, what are some of the things that, that you do routinely? Maybe they're, you even think they're trivial, but you know, hmm. it kind of builds up over time. It's something that has made you very successful. Um, that's really interesting to think about. So, you know, I'm 60 plus years old and you realize that in order for something to be really a good idea, it has to last over a long period of time. Kind of the Warren Buffett model that says, don't buy it for a day, don't buy it for a week, buy it for a lifetime or own it for a lifetime. And that's exactly the way you know, the older I get, the more I think that's true. So for instance, if you are into exercising or uh, walking or riding a bike or whatever it is that you do in your kind of spare time, uh, if you go out and say, Hey, I'm going to get into bike riding and you do that and you go buy some, you know, bike and you use it for a month, well, terrible investment. If you're yeah. going to say that I'm going to do this over a lifetime, then that's, that's a whole different story. So, so for me personally, all my life, I've had a view that at least, you know, three, four, five times a week, you should get some kind of exercise, okay? And it's as much for your mind as yeah. it is for your body because it makes me think clearly. It can be a time where I'm, I don't, I'm not really one of those that wants to exercise in a group. I'm not going to go to a jazzercise class. Same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. okay. Nor would you want me at a jazzercise class. But, and that's some people, my wife is totally into that, right? But um, it's something for you that is really about your own mental and physical health. And I, I very much think that that's true. Mm -hmm. I'd say a couple more things. One is I think you need time by yourself to think, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that people don't do very much now is we have so many things going on in your life. You literally can look at 
you know, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. All these different websites, right? You've got all kinds of distractions. And I don't think people actually think about what they, you know, whether it's a project you're working on, a business proposition, or, you know, something you're doing at your house or what you're going to have for dinner tonight. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like, do you spend time quietly by yourself to mm. think? You have to be, you have to be fine with the alone time, I think. And I think somehow in our society, we've kind of lost track of that. Yeah. That's good. I know. I'm kind of a junkie on my phone. I do need alone time, but I can tell you, I, I just, I think some of it's for stress and anxiety and yeah. instead of finding healthy ways of coping with stress and anxiety, people just, yeah, you, you just know, start forging on yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's getting worse. Right. So I don't know. I, the other one would be for me is I think there's a lot of value in that kind of same concept is mm -hmm. about reading or. Ooh, meditating good. or whatever. Like I think there's a lot of value in, you know, people talk about, and I don't mean to downplay this at all, but like, what's your best, you know, business help book or whatever. Mm -hmm. In my mind, the best one is the last book you read and the next one you're going to read, right? Not, not a book about self-help, but a book about history or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Whatever your passion is. People that are well a lot of successful people I know, a lot of the successful people I know, read. Whether it's the paper or books or podcast, you know, listen to podcasts, whatever. They're a sponge for information. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always think that, you know, you take people like Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett Bill Gates, uh, you know, they're all sponges for knowledge. For uh, sure. To, to uh, learn as much Constantly as you can. get better yep. and grow. Yep. yep. So, um... You know, throughout your career, how many hours a week? I kind of like asking this just to get a gauge of work, family, life balance, you know, things like that. But I mean, on average, you know, how many hours a week would you say, you know, you work, hmm. um, you've worked in your career? And I mean, what That's does that a good look question. like? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm not a, you know, 70 hour a week person. I think, first of all, I think that that's over a long, again, over a long period of time, that's really hard to keep up. If, if you yeah. have, you know, we'll have something going on at work where we got, you know, some startup of some piece of equipment or some business thing that has to happen, mm -hmm. you might, you know, spend a few weeks doing something like that. But over a long, long period of time, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard to sustain that and keep a balance. It's like the family life, the work-life family life thing, right? If you're working 80 hours a week, your family no life family is not life. very good. <laughs> yeah. And newsflash, it's not very good. So I really think it's about finding that, and, and it ebbs and flows based on what you have going on at home, based on what you're going on at work. And I, it seems like that society is getting more attuned to the fact that that has to flow, you know, from time to time. You've got to have a mm -hmm. spurt of that, and then you've got to make sure that you understand that people are going to have to have their own personal time. So I, I'd say, I don't know if I'd give you a number, but, you know, 40, somewhere between 45 and 50, and, and some weeks it's 80, and some weeks it's 35. Yeah. Right? You know, so it's, it that's, depends on what's going on. That's good. And, and you should use your vac vacation. <laughs> you should spend time away from work doing whatever it is that you think is important. Right? Yeah. Well, that's not, I don't think that's a small point because there's a lot of people, especially a lot of high performers that think I just need to work more. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if I take vacation, I'm letting the company down. I think too, uh, you know, some of the people that I work with, they tend to think vacation is like a curse word. Yeah. And they don't want to take work off because they feel like they're letting somebody down or maybe that means that they're replaceable now, you yeah, know? Yeah, 
No, it's exactly. I mean, I don't know how you would think about it. You're a lot younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But how, I mean, what's your view on that? Like, how did you and your family think about vacations and yeah, I think being every, away from work? Totally. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I think every job role is different, and each position is a little bit different and has different flexibilities. But in general, you know, I try and think like I want to lean towards being as flexible as physically possible to make sure the job is getting done, but to make sure people know that they should take time off. Cause at the end of the day, I think we want people to be the very best that they can be. Yeah. And the best that they can be is not at work 24 seven. The best that they can be is, Hey, if an impromptu vacation or trip popped up with like their spouse or with their kids to take that trip and they're going to, they're going to be more well balanced, which means they're going to bring more to work. So it's a, it's a, you know, pro both ways, yeah, it is. you know, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. I totally, totally agree. And it, and it has to be quality time. It's not just, well, it's the same thing at work. You got people that are at work, yeah, not really yeah, exactly. because their oh, mind is elsewhere, right? They're you they're know. punching the clock. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to be here another hour because that's what, you what know. What's required, but yeah. And it's hard to manage, to be honest with that. You know, I'm from the school of, you know, 40 hours a week, you're in your desk, blah, blah, blah. This whole working from home concept and all that has been a struggle for everyone to figure out how do you do it? How do you measure it how do you you know what's the right balance it's hard for everyone definitely yeah. hard to yeah. figure out what's fair and if you got kids at home and you're trying to work like there's some people they got a great remote work setup so they're like this is awesome nobody bugs me nobody bothers me there's some people like me on you know not unfortunately but just me it's just my stage of life yeah, I got, you know, little kids at home and they're coming in and screaming and yelling. Oh, yeah. It's like, there's no way to have yeah, a meeting yeah, yeah. at I remember, home. This I remember is, those days. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's a great point. Um, so, you know, kind of along the same veins of this, I, I think it'd be curious to hear life principles to help guide, you know, this work-life balance sort of deal. I mean, are there life principles that you've kind of, you know, lived by in your career and in life in general that have helped been, you know, good guiding principles for you? Yeah. Yeah. I would say a few of them. One would be that it's very difficult, I think, to be successful unless you have good, true friends that value you for who you are. That's easy to say and hard to do. My wife and I have moved a bunch of different times. I'm trying to think, probably 10, something like that, to different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And when you move to Toledo, Ohio, and you don't know anyone, right? Yeah. It's a bit intimidating. I mean, you got to go make friends or you won't have any friends. So a lot of, a lot of people stay in the place that they were born. And I think part of it is because it's so difficult to go create and break mm, into. It is. Now, when you have little kids, it's easier because there'll be soccer and there'll be all, you know, sporting events and whatever, you know, dance clubs and everything else. Uh, and so, you know, breaking into to uh, make friends is a lot easier when you have little kids. When it's just you, you literally have to put yourself out there to go meet people and, you know, yeah. it's like how I met you, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, like, you just gotta, you just gotta go out and meet people and, yeah. and but a good core group of friends that, you know, know you for who you are That's so and that good. you like to spend time with, that you like to have, I love to cook dinner and have dinner with people and you know, have people wine over. Or- yeah. Yeah, have a glass of wine. Hang out at Urban Pine Winery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah places, like that. <laughs> places like that. So I think, you know, from a, to make people successful, I would say that's a huge thing to, so to try and find uh, a social group that you feel comfortable with and, and you know, 
depends on if you're, if you're an introvert or an extrovert. The other one I would say would be, um, and it was, it's kind of more about what you eat, I guess. And so, you know, everybody's always thinking about, you know, should I gain weight? Should I lose weight? Whatever. Um, I think the big thing for me and the way that we've kind of taken that on at my house is that we plan it. Like we plan, I say we, mostly my wife does. She's really good about it. Is every Sunday she sits down and says, here's what the plan is for the week. Where are you going to be? We really? going to dinner? Or yeah. We, you know, here's what we're kind of thinking about having for dinner. Oops. It's kind of like that whole thing that says I, you can't eat healthy unless you go to the grocery store healthy. Right? Yes. And if you go to the grocery store and buy a bunch of junk food, guess what? Guess what you're going to eat for the week, right? So mm -hmm. for us, you know, that whole thing about planning a balanced, you know, view of, of social life and a balanced view of what you're going to eat, basically. Because uh, it does and, tie into everything. It ties into the way your mind, how well your, uh, yeah, how sharp your mind absolutely. is, how well your body functions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, if you have an unhealthy lifestyle, you can usually relate it back to some you don't necessarily have to plan, but you got to plan to eat healthy, I guess mm. is what it boils down to. Yeah. You, you can't do it if you're... So that's, the other one that makes it hard probably for you and, and definitely for anybody that travels a lot is it's hard to eat healthy when you're on the road. Yeah, right? McDonald's is everywhere. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's probably decent ways to eat healthy at McDonald's, but it's easier. It, there's a lot of temptation out there, I guess. Yeah, chocolate and ice cream. That's my mm. kryptonite. So no, that's, that's good. Um, so yeah, so have, have, you know, have good friends that can tell, you know, yeah. tell to you honestly and, and take care of your body, make sure you're yeah. eating right. Now, are you more, would you say you're more of an introvert or an extrovert? <laughs> I'm about, I would peg the meter kind of over here. I'm a finance <laughs> person and normally you'd think of, uh, but I would, I'm completely an extrovert. Yeah. I love being around people. I love, even though I like my, you know, quiet time by myself. Yeah. I totally am. You're breaking the mold. I don't know if there was a mold, but you're breaking but the mold. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like so being around people. What what kind of advice do you have for so being that you are an extrovert, you know, leadership advice to somebody who's more extroverted, what kind of advice would you have for somebody like that? You, you kind of have to like you know, you talk about your kids, like one of my my son was probably more introverted uh until we moved from here actually. Hmm. Um, and he went out and made friends and, and that made him more of an extrovert. So I think knowing whether or not someone is inclined to think about, I, you know, kind of like being by myself or whatever, or I love being around other people, recognizing that in a person, I think yeah. is a powerful thing. And, and it's just nothing like having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a person, right? Mm -hmm. So like a business for me the most important thing is to have a connection with someone that says, Hey, what you're talking about, what you're doing, what we're talking about is important right here, right now. And not, you know, you're just something in my way to what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already thinking about the next yeah, 12 yeah, things yeah, I got to yeah. do. Which in today's society is really hard to do because everything is 15 seconds and it's you're on to the next thing, right? Yeah. I've and been so, accused of that many a times, unfortunately. So you can, uh, it's, I think it's, Maybe society driven a bit, right? Yeah. 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 If you're not hustling, if you're not moving, if you're not busy, it's like you're not, yeah, you're, you're not successful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, that's good. Um, 
So let's let's kind of switch gears a little bit to uh, criticism. What's your viewpoint mm. on criticism? <laughs> and um, well, I guess let's just start there. What's your viewpoint on criticism? Is there a healthy way to look at criticism? Well, first of all, it's very important, right? Yeah. Because if you take, I think this is probably why a lot of people like working by themselves or they, you know, quitting their jobs and going to do something else where they can be, you know, dealing with the fact that if you and I work together, mm -hmm. you have a way of thinking about it, I have a way of thinking about it, and ultimately you can only, you can't do it five different ways, right? Um, so I would say that sitting back, what I always like to do is think about, okay, well, how is Matt, what, if I put myself in your shoes, I yeah. just about would fit, I think. Yeah. Um, how are you, what's your world like and why do you think about something the way you think about it? And, okay, so that's going to cause you to want something to happen in a particular way. Hmm. The fact that it's different than the way I'm thinking about it isn't necessarily bad or good, okay? Yeah. But, and if you kind of fast forward that, that means that there's going to be times where if you're my boss or whatever, or that we're going to have a conversation and said, and like you do the way this happened or that happened, and you just have to say, okay, well, is it bad? Now, sometimes, you know, it's the human element, right? People make mistakes. People do all kinds of things. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is putting yourself in mm. the other person's shoes to understand why. Why? Don't just dig in your heels and say, my way is right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? Because it might be, or you might just have to talk about it, right? And so, in my mind, there's a time for absolute raw criticism that says, Doug, you did this wrong or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and that's healthy. And what the what the best way to accept it is to realize that you're not always right, right? And there's there's people out there way smarter than me. I can assure you of that much. Yeah. And so I think it's about your perspective and how you take on criticism and having a environment yeah. where and this is the trick say, in business yes, and yeah, your business and ask. ours. Yep. Is where that is acceptable. It's not I'm going to get you for whatever mm -hmm. doing X, Y, and Z, but having a, an environment and a culture in your business where it's okay to say, Hey, I disagree with you. I think this is, you know, you're thinking about this wrong, right? If you can have a business that has that, you'll, it'll go a long ways mm -hmm. because then it's, then it's healthy, uh, kind of, uh, environment, if you will, at work. Yeah. So how do you, so, you know, where do you think that starts? How do you help a culture have that type of environment or that type of open culture where people are willing to kind of put themselves out there. And I think what, what I see typically is even more difficult is the employee trying to give criticism to their boss yeah, 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 yeah. in a way. Yeah. I mean, how do you create that environment? Well, a couple of things. One is if you have something that's really, really bothering you, like if you, if I thought you completely screwed something up yeah. and we're in a group of people for me to have it out with you in that meeting, it's the worst kind of situation. Okay? <laughs> yeah. If I got a problem with you, I'm going to get done with the meeting, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm going to go, you and I are going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the door mm. shut. And whatever happens behind that door stays behind that door, right? So so for me, that that trust that you have, mm. you get from people of, you know, you can have a disagreement, but it's how you have that disagreement, I think is probably the most important thing. We're all human. We all want to, you know, you never want to look bad, you know, in a public uh, setting. Totally. So it's, it's, and the other thing is, is the most difficult conversation that you have on your mind, the situation that's most difficult mm -hmm. that you're like, Oh geez, how am I going to deal with that? Is the one you need to have today. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So don't put it off. Don't let it brew. 
just go sit down and talk to the person about it. Right. Mm. That's, that's so that's, good. That's my way of kind of thinking about it. That's good. Yeah, for sure. No. And I, I think too, there's probably even an ego component that's associated with that as well. Like for instance, as you know, as anyone, whether you're, you know, um, in management or not being able to accept criticism, I think is another skill. So there's the art of like giving criticism, mm -hmm. right? But then there's also the art of being able to accept or receive criticism, any kind of advice for people on how to get better at receiving, I mean, in criticism, especially if it's spot on is kind of yeah. tough to take a yeah, lot yeah, of times, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know, how do you, how can we get better at receiving criticism? Um, well, first of all, think about your own weaknesses, right? I mean, sometimes the things that we get most uptight about are the things we know to be our weak spots, right? You know, I'm like, face it, if, if you, if I was a kid today, I would have been ADHD to the max, right? Like my mind just yeah. goes boom, boom, Me boom, too. boom, all <laughs> over the place, right? For sure. And that causes, you know, a number of, of things, but it's not necessarily bad. It's just the way my mind works. Right. And me understanding that that's one of the things which can make, make people look like a scatterbrain or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's kind of self-criticizing, being able to say, Hey, these are some of the weaknesses that I need to work on hmm. is a step in the right direction. The other one is that it can't be all about criticism, right? There's a whole bunch of things mm -hmm. you're doing today that are fantastic. Right. If I tell you about the two, it's like, playing yeah. basketball and you miss two free throws and you make all the rest of them and what does everyone remember the two free throws that you missed at the end of the game right so that's uh, so good i would say you have to be able to look to the positive and see the negative at the same time so you have to tell people the things that they're doing right if you are always on the on the yeah but side mm -hmm. of things mm -hmm. people are just like they don't want to be around you anyway no. <laughs> no. Right? but if you have 100% of things that are always going right, then you're not being honest about how things are really going. That's true. Right. So, I mean, just being, you know, just being practical about it, I would say that the vast majority of the time, and people want to hear it too. The other thing is, is you think that people know that, hey, you did mm. a good job with that presentation or you did a good job with that product development yeah. or whatever it is, right? They want to hear that. Okay. <laughs> And they especially want to hear it from the boss, totally. uh, you know, and they want to hear it from their manager. They want to hear it from their spouse, whatever. And so it's a very powerful thing. Just telling someone mostly the positive about what's going on with them mm -hmm. and not being afraid to tell them, Hey, I disagreed with what That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So if, if we look at, uh, stress and, you know, being in a top leadership role that you're in, and just all of the different stuff that's going on, you know, I've heard it said before, it's kind of like being in a pressure cooker. A lot of times mm. you're going from one thing to another, to the next, and you know, you got you know, a lot of people relying on you. And so how do you, you know, manage and, and cope with stress and, you know, what kind of tips do you have for people to help manage their stress a little bit better? Yeah. I think probably number one would be planning your day week or whatever, so that you have time for yourself, whether it's exercise, for me, it's exercise. Like if I can have, you know, an hour to go work out or whatever, that makes a big difference for me in dealing with stress. Mm -hmm. The other one is the thing that's causing you the most stress, address it first, because 
no matter how complicated or stressful it is, it's not going to get any better. Mm, yeah. It's not going to get any easier. Uh -huh. Maybe you need to plan for how to do it, but it, it will wear on you. And if you don't mm -hmm. solve problems, then you're just moving the pieces around and you're not really fixing anything. Right. Mm. And so for me, it's about, it's about recognizing the biggest problem that we have or biggest opportunity that we have and not pushing it to three weeks from now. Procrastination is a disease in my mind that if you don't fix things, they are mm. going to become more and more of a problem in your life and they pile up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whether it be with your, you know, significant other or whether it be with your kids or whether it be at work, it's all the same. You've got to deal with it. Right. So, man, that's good. So yeah. So uh, attack the stuff that is the most stressful or the things that and, you know, as simple as that advice is, you know, it's very hard to do. I'll, it's like, man, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of people like, yeah, easy to say, yeah, but yeah, yeah. how do you do it? How do you do it? You know, yeah. but the thing is, you know, eventually all those things that are in your head that you're like, hmm, it could be dicey or that's going to be a problem. Or maybe we haven't figured that out yet. Eventually they're going to happen. Right. And so very you true. can either let them happen, you know, when they decide to happen or, or, or you can go on the front foot and deal with it. So uh -huh. I, I would say, you know, I make it sound like I'm, you know, but I don't do that every day either, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but conceptually, I think it's the way to think about some of these things. So simple, yeah. but so solid. And then just in general, what other, any final thoughts or any other, you know, kind of closing, you know, closing thoughts for the listeners at all? Yeah, no, I just think it's, I think it's amazing, right? So when I started, you know, when I was a young person, you know, computers basically almost didn't exist or they existed in mainframe computer rooms, right? Mm -hmm. And now there's enough digital technology in my phone to land a person on the moon. I think they say, I don't know if that's true or not, but. Yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How can you disprove that, right? Yes. <laughs> um, but if you fast forward, you know, another 50 or 100 years, whatever we think, everything we're looking at is going to be archaic, right? It could be archaic in another five years, probably, right? Um, so I don't know where the world's going, but it's going to be a heck of a ride and it will be interesting and the human mm. element makes it so much more so. So yeah, I think it's just, I think it's see the beauty in everything that happens every day. Right. That's it's, cool. It's probably, uh, probably what the advice I would give people. So it's not all bad. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So beautiful. Well, Doug, Hey, appreciate your time today. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, it was good. Well, Hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know for me, my top takeaway was to not let things wait, to not procrastinate, but to take things head on, especially in relation to stress. We're all going through different stresses and challenges on a day-to-day -day basis. And you know, it's so, so, so important that we don't just wait for those things to happen, but that we address them heads on. And I know for me, I can think about times when um, there was a stressful situation or scenario and rather than waiting for it to happen, I just go and address it heads on. It also means now I'm in control of the situation instead of letting it be in control of me, which is good. Um, if you guys found value out of today's episode, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, rate us and review us, and you know drop us a line on what your top takeaway or takeaways from today's talk was. And as always, appreciate you being a part of our leadership community and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.